Hello, 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 and welcome to the Kingston Curator here on 101.9 FM CFRC. My name is Lauren Tucker, and I'm very happy to be your host, bringing you arts headlines, interviews, and our live music calendar all throughout the summer. This episode marks our season finale for the summer season, and thus we'll be bringing you something a little bit different. We've been very fortunate to have tons of amazing guests this season, and so to celebrate, we'll be bringing you a highlight reel of just some of the performances and interview highlights we've hosted right here on The Curator in summer of 2023. Plus, we'll be featuring a piece from CFRC broadcast journalist Christina Lowry and Kingston School of Art Executive Director Maddie Andrews on the school's upcoming juried exhibition. We'll have all that plus your live music calendar coming up, but first, here are your headlines for the week. The Union Gallery has an open call for Queen's University student artists through to October 16th for presentation in the Union Gallery main space in the winter of 2024. If you're a Queen's student with an arts piece you'd like to submit for consideration for display at the Union Gallery, you can get in touch with them at ugallery.director at queensu.ca with a statement of interest and examples of your creative works. More information about the call and how to submit is available at uniongallery.queensu.ca. Also at the Union Gallery, two new exhibitions will be premiering on August 29th and running until November 25th. In the main space, you'll be able to visit At the Buffet by Maddie Lecek and Raquel Rowe. This duo places an emphasis when collaborating on food, fun, and experimentation. With a shared interest of food as a medium within performance art, the two experiment frequently with taste, touch, and texture. This all-you-can-eat exhibition highlights key moments in their collaborative journey thus far and focuses on the materiality of food by emphasizing color and form. And in the project room, One Akina Should I Tell or Not is curated by Mevish Rather and will feature work from Kashmiri artists exploring alternative and experimental forms of filmmaking that uses low-resolution technology which promotes sustainability. For more on these upcoming exhibitions, visit uniongallery.queensu.ca. Don't forget every Sunday that you can stop by Market Square for the Cataraqui Indigenous Art and Food Market featuring a variety of vendors, each with their own unique touch. For handcrafted items, visual art, clothing, jewelry, home decor, and traditional Indigenous dishes from Cadu's First Foods, you can stop by Sundays from 10 to 3 p.m. through to September 24th. The Kingston Symphony Volunteers will be running their 2023 book fair fundraiser beginning September 7th in support of the Kingston Symphony. The Kingston Symphony Warehouse is packed to the rafters with thousands of books of every genre. Hardcover, softcover, paperback, they've got them all. Categories include fiction, mystery, military history, politics, art, architecture, sciences, biography, health and fitness, self-help, DIY, music, collectibles, Canadiana, children's literature, and poetry, to name a few. Opening night and early bird admission details, as well as full sale hours, are available at store.kingstonsymphony.ca. Minotaur Games and Gifts has opened a call to artists for another Minotaur group art show, this time with the theme Mutation. Artists are permitted to sell prints as well, with some sizing restrictions, and the Minotaur staff is happy to provide guidance on selling prints if you have not before. The deadline for submissions is September 21st, and some terms and conditions of acceptance do apply. Visit minotaurgifts.com for more information. And also at Minotaur, every Wednesday, it's Drop-In Craft Night, which is open to anyone who wants to learn, bring their own project, or meet new friends. It runs from 5 to 9 p.m., and you can learn more at minotaurgifts.com. The Kingston School of Art has just announced their lineup of introductory courses for adults for the fall term. Among those announced are Intro to Woodcut Printmaking, Art Safari, Introduction to Sewing, Intro to Sculpture, Art of Storytelling, and Comprehensive Crochet. Age ranges of these classes begin at 13 and up, and more information on each of them and all of the upcoming classes at the Kingston School of Art is available at ksoa.info. 
Also at the Kingston School of Art, they have released a call to visual artists from the city of Kingston, Loyalist Township, Wolf Island, Frontenac Islands, as well as Frontenac, Leeds, Grenville, and Hastings counties for their sixth annual juried art exhibition and sale. The show will include up to 65 artworks from submissions determined by a selection committee of professional artists, with over $1,500 in prizes to be awarded on October 7th's opening exhibition. This call closes on September 10th. Here's broadcast journalist Christina Lari with Maddie Andrews, executive director of the Kingston School of Art, with more on this exciting opportunity. And my name is Maddie Andrews, and I'm the executive director at Kingston School of Art. I've been with KSOA since 2021 now. Awesome. And I mean, we're here to talk about the juried exhibition. How did this start? So this is the sixth annual juried art exhibition and sale at Kingston School of Art. So it began six years ago now as a general fundraiser for the school. How does the annual juried exhibition help support the Kingston School of Art? Um, serve to further KSOA's mission. So as a nonprofit charitable organization, we seek to provide cost-effective year-round art classes for children, youth, and adults. And we also offer studio-based hands-on instruction and practical artistic experiences for all. So through the creation of an inclusive and supportive environment, we encourage artistic individuality and innovation, as well as cultivate an appreciation for the arts within the greater community. So really all of the proceeds um, raised from the juried art exhibition go towards furthering our mission and ensuring that we can continue operating in this way. Awesome. Yeah. During COVID-19, how did that impact the juried exhibition? How did you guys adapt? And I was also curious if this is your first year fully back or if it was last year. For sure. So like everyone else, we did need to adapt during the pandemic, which impacted our juried exhibition. However, we have since returned to our pre-pandemic format with the exhibition reception and awards occurring in person in our window art gallery. Last year was the um, first year that we returned to this pre-pandemic format with everything being in person, which was incredible, um, though our reception was still masked at that point. I was wondering if there's anything that's especially new or different this year about the exhibition. Much of the juried exhibition is similar to last year and the previous years this year. However, this year we are offering a juried exhibition preview on Friday the 6th of October for our KSOA members. This is a perk for our new membership campaign which launched in July. So during this juried exhibition preview, members will have early access to the exhibition and have the opportunity to hear from our jurors about the selection process. And this is a brand new initiative for us. Oh, that's really interesting. So I was also going to ask about your selection committee and your jurors. I know there's some big names on there this year and I'm also curious about their process. Yeah, so this year we have three jurors, Brian Hode, Erica Olson, and Otis Tomasowskis. They are all local artists practicing in Kingston. So Erica works in traditional painting and pastel drawing with subject matters such as still life and landscapes and has equally demonstrated strength in conceptual work. Otis, combi Otis combines printmaking and collage to create experimental pieces with rich textural surfaces and Brian works in painting and printmaking. He is also currently um, involved in teaching the Bachelor of Fine Arts program at Queen's University. So with each of them bringing their own experiences across these different uh, media and techniques, they will together make the decision of not only what is included in the juried exhibition, but also our award winners. Awesome, yeah. And so you mentioned the members preview day before the exhibition. So they're going to get to speak with the jury and will they be previewing the pieces at all or? Yeah, the show will be fully installed at that point. So uh, the members who attend will have the opportunity to have this sneak peek before we officially launch the next day. 
What kind of artists are eligible to submit and what kinds of pieces are you looking for? Entry is open to residents ages 18 and above of the city of Kingston, Wolf Island and the Frontenac Islands and the counties of Frontenac, Lennox and Addington, Leeds and Grenville and Hastings, so the surrounding area. Beyond that though, it's very open. Um, both professional and emerging artists are invited to submit. In terms of what we're looking for, so participants may enter up to three artworks of their choosing. They must be original pieces in a two-dimensional medium and be ready to hang. There are more detailed instructions about specifics on our website, but beyond that, again, we're very open and excited to see how different people approach this submission process. I know you recently put out a call to artists, but you've been accepting pieces for a little while. What's been coming in? How's it been so far? So we actually find that most people submit during the final few days of the call, but so far we've been receiving mostly paintings in oils, acrylics, and watercolors with a few examples of printmaking interspersed in there too. Is 65 the normal number of pieces that are selected? In short, yes, we can display a maximum of 65 artworks in our window art gallery. And in previous years, the number of pieces has hovered around that number, but ultimately it's at the discretion of the jurors. Also this year, I know there's $1,500 in prizes. I believe that's the same as previous years, or at least last year. I was wondering if you could get into the categories a little bit. The amount is the same as the past two years. Prizes are formed through donations from our generous juried exhibition sponsors. We have, yes, over $1,500 in prizes to be awarded, including three juror awards, the first, second, and third, a People's Cho Choice Award, where visitors are welcome to vote for their favorite piece throughout the duration of the exhibition, and it is awarded at the end of the show, and then nine honorable mentions. And so these will be decided by the jurors and then the People's Choice Award by the public. Just to backtrack for a quick second, because you mentioned your sponsors there. I was wondering, is, has it been consistently the same few sponsors throughout the years? Are there some new ones this year? Yeah, so we have quite a few consistent sponsors who have gen generously supported the juried art show the past few years. Um, so it really would be impossible to run this um, fundraiser without their support, their local businesses and individuals. So a huge thank you is due to them. Um, the sponsors include the In Memory of Henny Marsh Fund, KPMG, Health for Life Medical Center, Mike Granage and Karen Charlton, Kingston Frameworks, Mark Peabody Custom Builder, Art Noise, and Cunningham Swan Lawyers. So folks can look forward to this on October 7th. How can folks enjoy the exhibition? Folks can stop by our window art gallery located at the intersection of Princess Street and Victoria Street throughout October to see the, uh, the juried exhibition. We open on Saturday the 7th of October officially and run until the 29th of October. All are welcome to attend our opening reception on Saturday the 7th of October from 12 to 4 p.m with awards and remarks being given at one o'clock. And if folks want to become members, they are very welcome to then attend our members preview the evening before on the Friday. For today's live music lineup, I'll be featuring shows from fantastic local and visiting acts fast approaching to Kingston. Keep it locked because you won't want to miss these details. Tonight, Friday, September 1st at the Next Church, No Static presents hardcore, noise, and power pop from out west, featuring groups Pooched and Age of Self. Admission to this show is $15, although no one will be turned away for lack of funds, and masks and earplugs are provided at no charge and are highly recommended. For more on this gig and No Static's upcoming shows and weekly radio program here on CFRC, you can check them out on socials at No Static Forever. 
And on Saturday, September 2nd, Toronto musician and composer Tired Kid, aka Thomas Kelly, will be playing a free all-ages show at Hotel Wolf Island from 5 to 7 p.m. Thomas tries to create music with a vintage warmth and psychedelic nature. Inspired by bands from all eras of time, he picks out elements from each like a florist picking flowers and creates a bouquet of sound for eager ears to listen upon. For more information on this gig, you can check out the listing on Kingston Live or visit hotelwolfisland.com. Also on September 2nd at Spearhead Brewery from 2 to 5 p.m., Toronto-based master roots rock and Americana guitar player Mark Thackway will be playing a free all-ages show. He is well-known across southern Ontario from playing in bands such as the Mark T Band, Days of You, The Other One, Whose Cat is Dead, The Richard Malloyne Band, and W.S. Dupree, and he is also an accomplished solo performer in his own right, so come on out for an afternoon of guitar for everyone. And on Sunday, September 3rd at Leopard Frog Farm, Denny Boy Phelan will be playing an all-ages show of Delta Blues and old-time music from 7 to 9 p.m. Doors are at 6.30 and tickets are $20. On Tuesday, September 5th, The Mansion will be bringing you alt folk and more with performances from Taylor Simpson, Kikis, Buck's Moonlight Revival, and Lauren Carson. This is a 19 and up show and tickets are $15 and the music kicks off at 8 p.m. This and every Tuesday at the RCHA Club, you can stop by for Tuesday Happy Hour Jam with Tom Savage. There's no cover to this show, and you never know who might stop by. The music kicks off at 4 p.m. and runs until 7 p.m., so stop by to make the weekday feel like a weekend. On Wednesday, September 6th at Overtime Sports Bar, LA Alt Rock Outfit Pump 5 will be playing a 9 p.m. and 19 plus show. Tickets are only $10 as this group brings their anti-themic energy and pulsing rock riffs to Kingston. Doors are at 8 p.m. And last but certainly not least, on September 8th, New Friends will be bringing their What's Next tour to the Broom Factory. This is an all-ages show with supporting acts Color Theory and Lauren Carson. And tickets to this genre-bending London, Ontario outfit are only $20. Doors are at 7pm and the music runs from 7.30 to 10. For more on these and all of the awesome live music coming to Kingston this week and beyond, visit kingstonlive.ca. For the rest of the hour, we'll be bringing you performance and interview highlights from our 2023 summer here on The Curator to celebrate our season finale. Keep it locked because you might just hear something you missed or a new or old favorite. First off, I wanted to throw it back to July in our interview with Prince Edward County singer-songwriter James Allen, ahead of his Musicy Cafe gig in Kingston and fresh off the release of his new album, By the Summertime. David treated us to a performance of the album closer, Don't Pry Me Open, so here it is on 101.9 FM CFRC. Don't pry me open Don't shatter my dial Sunlight's a setting beyond the maple tree bough. And I'm on the lookout for shooting stars of the mind. But don't pry me open. Not here tonight. Don't pry me old. Don't pry me old. Don't pry. 
Don't fry me, old man. Don't flatter my dad. I'll speak when I'm ready to you and nobody else. Oh, yes, it gets lonely living inside a shell. But don't pry me open. May I release and show your spell. I'm that same old record group. I'm that same old tattered shirt. I'm that same old whistle blowing after you. I'm that same old running old I'm that same old open blow. I'm that same old sturdy bowling love you. Don't pry me open. Oh, don't scatter my clock. Don't pry me open. May I release and short spell. It's taken me years to fight off the fear. Of letting another witness my tears. Keeping it rolling with live music, local band The Gertrudes recently released their full length album Just to Please You and celebrated with an album launch party at Daft Brewing on August 19th. While at the station, band member Greg Tilson gave us an inside look at one of the songs on the album, Living in the Wind. We'll have that interview clip plus the song for your listening pleasure coming up next. For sure. So just to kind of begin to not close off, but to lead us into our kind of next segment celebrating this album release, we're going to highlight this track, Living in the Wind, which I think is already a really cool standout. But the song has a really sort of interesting lyrical through line. Can you talk to us more about the basis of this song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, you know, like I was saying, it's a, it's, there's a lot of us, a big kind of community of family and friends and musicians in the Gertrudes. And, and so this particular song, uh, was uh, um, Josh Lyons' partner Corky uh, Papley came to me with a newspaper article from the Whig, the Whig Standard in Kingston, and was like, "Have you read this story? It's about um, this guy, uh, Buddy Smith was his name, back in 1972, I believe, who escaped from Millhaven." Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's it's a really well written story. Um, and it, it talks about him escaping uh, after a baseball game in the in the, the penitentiary, and um, yeah, kind of like running through the woods and and ending up in Napanee, like starving and like without any shoes, and and 
ending up sleeping in this in this barn on um, on this farmstead in, in Napanee, and um, the kids of this family dis- discovering him in the in the barn, and um, bringing him into the house, and uh, and he the 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 woman, the mother like kind of sits him down. She she's baked a pie and feeds him, and they get to know each other. He ends up playing baseball with the kids. And what ends up happening is that she talks to him and actually uh, convinces him to pick up the phone and turn himself in. And so then the, uh, I guess the, the, the authorities come to pick him up and, and there's, a, there's a kind of a story where um, the, they, they handcuff him and he kind of before he gets in the car he like flips the pie into his mouth and kind of winks at the kids and hops in and he just has this really wonderful spirit to him the way he's portrayed this guy buddy smith and i guess later on his parents came by to 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 thank the family for taking him in and helping him out and um so yeah it was just you know it's such a great story and it's not that i want to like glorify I definitely don't want to glorify prisons or anything like that. It was just the story and, and living in the wind seemed to represent this guy's spirit, right? His, yeah. his approach, his like this, his free spiritedness and, um, and also, uh, you know, take some, some, I took some liberties with the relationship, um, uh, with the family and describing the song. I left my shoes by the river last night through your dress in the twilight Broke out of Millhaven But my sins and still follow me There was a blue
performance here on The Curator, CFRC Outreach Coordinator Mary McKetty sat down with the Dave Moat Trio back in June, ahead of their gig at the Wolf Island Garden Party and Indigenous Artist Showcase, which included a performance of Blue Standard Death Don't Have No Mercy. Here's that on The Kingston Curator, CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you. 
very lucky to have local rock band The Wilderness stop in to chat with us a few times this summer, and I wanted to share an interview highlight with Nick Lennick, multi-instrumentalist with the group, talking about some of the gigs they've played in this summer in a July interview. We did have a really special show in Toronto last night. We were playing at a place called the Horseshoe Tavern, which a lot right. of folks know. It's a really historic venue, and we've played there maybe 10 or 12 times over the course of our time as a band. They've welcomed us back a lot, and it's always really, really special playing there because Toronto feels like the big city you know right <laughs> you for <know>? sure <laughs> Kingston is lovely and it's supportive but Toronto we go there and we're like whoa yeah. and uh you know we had a great crowd we played a bunch of new songs it was really well received and like the energy was just phenomenal at one point like I think a breaker went out or something and all the lights turned off <laughs> we thought maybe they were trying to like hush us off the stage but the front of house was still live and, and everybody just pulled out like the flashlights on their phones and we played the last two songs by like flashlight lights so it was really really fun oh that's really fantastic special. that's is it fun for you folks to like you said Toronto is like the big city but going into like a fresh crowd bringing these songs to folks who are maybe new to you guys do you find that the energy is different or exciting for that reason oh absolutely i mean we road test our stuff a lot yeah. we keep talking about this record that we're working on because we are putting a lot of effort into it and we're taking our time with it but we've been road testing the songs and it's one thing when you show like your friends and family and they're like oh yeah good for you right and maybe yeah. it's a little weird it's a little intimate because maybe they know the picture that's going on behind it but to like get up there in front of like reasonably speaking a bunch of strangers yeah. who 
are not your neighbors who came out <laughs> on a Thursday night for whatever reason uh, feels really, really special because, yeah, seeing the response to the music was heartwarming. Yeah, yeah was, for sure. Um, it was really, really special. So Yeah, I remember you folks played a lot of new songs at the Spring Reverb gig that Correct. myself and Mary were lucky enough to see, and you talked about, I believe, to Mary, just being able to gauge responses, especially to lyrics when you play them for a crowd for the Absolutely. first time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that really stuck with me, because I remember the specific lyric that you mentioned. <laughs> I was one of the folks who reacted to it that way. Oh, I was boy. like, oh, I love that. Like, it's a it's a tough one but it just it just hit a, it hit a nugget I think for a lot of people in that audience yeah when we wrote that one Jonas was like this is friggin brilliant I'm gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> this poor guy oh my gosh yeah that that's yeah that one just comes to mind as a bit of a lightning strike it just as you were talking you, you guys make for a really fantastic opening act because of how much energy you bring so are you excited to kind of collaborate with the trues in that way and get the crowd ready for them in a way that you couldn't at the virtual show oh totally yeah i mean the virtual show we had space for like four songs and this we've right. got a 45 minute set which is nice and we have a lot of songs if like left unchecked we would play for a million years but uh the nice part <laughs> about these sort of 45 minute festival like slots is that you kind of got to play like just banger after banger like you yeah. gotta bring the energy you gotta make it so that people are pumped up it's gonna be a nice summer day like folks are gonna be at the farm all day we got a couple of other good acts on tiny horse they just released this yeah. new tune which is killer um like you you have to bring it uh and and i like that about this kind of thing you know what i mean we're not really left to our own devices as much yeah. <laughs> like we, we kind of really got to bring our a-game which is healthy for us so yeah, so how do you find then knowing that you're going into Howe Island, Rockin' the Rock, the preparation to open for the Trues as opposed to co-headlining Rockin' the Rock, how does your mindset as a group differ between preparing for those two shows? Oh, uh, well, I think that we can put on a more dynamic show at Rockin' the Rock. Uh, right. We like to showcase a lot of the different musical influences that we have in our performance and we've got some slow burners right yeah. that new song that you were mentioning uh <laughs> we play this one that's like a piano feature called you the ocean which i wrote which is really fun and but it's more of like a slow dance kind of thing yeah uh, and so when we play a longer set we get to really really curate kind of the emotional arc of things and do a lot more of the storytelling and do a lot more of that stuff whereas again with the truth it's going to be like just tight banger tunes like no time to chit chat we're just gonna give her so it's yeah. like it really is like um it's two sides of the same coin like it both of them showcase a different element of what we do and we like to think that we're okay at it we practice a lot but uh the difference between the two will be that yeah the the, the true show at mckinnon will just be like all of the hits summertime songs and then the show at rock in the rock will be like we're gonna like lean into the fact that the sun is setting and that we can share some stories and that we yeah. can play a little more Kingston legend Miss Emily stopped by on an early episode this season back in May to chat about her Isabel Bader Center engagement, her recent album Defined by Love, and the Juno winning Live at the Isabel album. Here's a highlight from that episode with her insight on the Kingston music scene, as well as her acoustic rendition of her song Glory. Maybe switching gears a little bit, mm. I was listening to you chatting with Cindy on Wake Up, Indie Wake Up Call, or rather about uh, your band on the live record that is like so many Kingstonians that you play with, and also knowing you've done records with big Kingston and Canadian names, like you said, Gord Sinclair and Rob Baker. 
What do you think is unique and inspiring and maybe supportive about the Kingston collaboration in particular? And what has it sort of yielded for you artistically? You know, I accidentally ended up in Kingston following a boyfriend 20 years ago. And then we had a, we found out we were pregnant shortly after I moved here. And I, I ended up having this baby and we split when she was a year old. So I was kind of stuck here. Right. And um, <laughs> I always liked the city. But when you feel like you don't really have the option to leave, it creates a different thought process. Very in your different. head of like, why am I here? Why am I here? But you can't help but look at the facts of looking around at the art scene and the music mm -hmm. scene and see that it's quite vibrant. Um, there's an audience that supports it. There's lots of great venues. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a lot of those venues survived the pandemic oh, is kind of amazing. Very lucky. Very really lucky. fortunate. I think one of the special things about Kingston is um, we it's a nice size. You know, so it's not a huge city like Toronto, but it's not that rural um, atmosphere that makes it kind of hard to connect to each other mm -hmm. physically. Um, the other thing is I, I really am so grateful for the student population. Yeah. You know, the fact that we have not one, not two, but three institutions mm -hmm. that bring young people, generally speaking, to this community is one of the reasons why it's so vibrant. Like, yeah. it, it's it's huge. The, they infiltrate this, this energy space with youth and optimism and hope and excitement and this like thirst for knowledge now allow me if you would uh, miss emily to throw it over for a song or two here on 1019 cfrc this song is called glory
the good, the bad, the boring. The world around may fall, but I'll be up in the Oh, you, you sing it all. The good, the bad, the boring. The world around may fall, One of the many extremely interesting stories to come out of the arts and culture scene in Kingston this summer was that of the Screening Room's projector fundraiser, which raised over $70,000 in the community to pay for a new projector in the Roxy Theatre and pay off some of the establishment's COVID debt. As part of the fundraising efforts, projectionist Jordan Richards and PhD student and host of Eyebrow Cinema on YouTube, Dan Simpson, endured a 24-hour trash cinema telethon, streamed for us all to chime in with our two cents. Here's one of the bigger laughs and times of excitement about movies and community on The Curator this season. So once the idea started to percolate, the idea of like, okay, what's the cinematic version of a marathon fundraiser? Uh, every other piece for how to facilitate that kind of narrowed and streamlined what the uh what what it would be and what it would look like which uh eventually resulted in us doing 24 hours of uh b movies non-stop <laughs> it'll be 16 films in that time span so and oh b my is generous b, <laughs> you know they, if we're gonna give them a grade scale i don't know if it's b yeah that's but... uh, that's so funny um how can i ask that kind of fulfills my question i was going to ask you how you made your selections are you able to instead maybe preview some of these selections that maybe we can look forward loosely to tuning in or at least to watching you folks react to these selections yeah i think we can we can tease some stuff out yeah well by the time uh this this interview is live we'll have a um not a full schedule published but we'll have like the timestamps of when what times of the day the movies are going to be playing and uh general genre descriptions uh we've got a couple monster films mm -hmm. uh a couple zombie films we have at least one sci-fi epic uh the last movie we're gonna show uh is a crime movie that has a really really unlikely starring actor yes oh my god i didn't even realize i'd ever made a film yeah probably the most famous person that you would see in this like a a real cultural icon playing some sort of you know, Johnny Come Lately Hitman. Yeah. And he's oh my gosh. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Saved at the end. So when we're at the peak of our exhaustion, having gone through, you know, almost 24 hours of these horrible films, not leaving, well, leaving this room a little bit, but really just being here. Uh, when we get to the end and that person shows up, it's all the more surreal and it feels like our brains are like breaking in yeah. front of us. Um, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> just to put it, uh, uh, we're really walking the line with this uh, stream. That might be a hint as to who you're uh, the actor. No is. way. For what? I'm just listen. I'm just walking the line with the hints. 
So we've got some fun stuff. There, you know, there's, <laughs> oh, man. there's some faces too. Like Bella Lugosi is going to show up at some yes. point. Spice is going to show up at some point. Oh, around hour eight, it's all going to go away. <laughs> yeah. No. It's going to kind of lock in the reality of what yeah. of what you've agreed to. Yeah. 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 The Absolutely. Gonna start. We're going to be like theater kids. A lot of energy, a lot of bubbly. And by hour 12, we'll be like you know, <sighs> computer science kids. Just like... You know, hunched over, face strained of energy. Yeah. Um, Reflecting on just all of the mistakes that led us here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Just, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. I was going to just kind of, as a note to our listeners, to kind of end off on, uh, what do you think folks who are watching can look forward to from the event? And what are you as hosts most looking forward to about it? It's a good question. Um, I think it depends on what an audience member is looking for. I think if you're any kind of film buff or movie nerd or have any interest in cinema, there's a curiosity about the the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to quality, but it can also be trepidatious to just throw yourself into watching bad movies, especially by yourself. So this will give a window into like, you get to uh, you get a glimpse of those bad films, but it's um, you're not watching it alone. There's a communal aspect to it that'll make it more fun. And you get to also do it through us. So there's, there's more going on than just you know, these really otherwise potentially painful films. Um, and then I think what we're looking forward to is frankly just seeing the films themselves because we, though we've curated this list and we know kind of what we're seeing, we've never watched any of these films in full. Okay. So for us, it's exciting too, is like, well, let's let's see where this goes, you know, and what are we gonna, um, what are we gonna find? I'm, I'm genuinely, as much as I'm joking about, and we're both joking about these movies being really bad, I am hopeful there's going to be a couple of genuinely entertaining gems. There's in there. like three that I have really <laughs> high hopes. Another recurring presence on The Curator this summer was news out of the Union Gallery, Kingston's student centered contemporary art gallery. Here's summer curator Vince Ha with an insight of the local issues the gallery explored this summer with their main exhibition, Gentle Disruptions. Right. Um, so I was um, uh, kind of um, assigned as a uh, graduate student um, researcher for the Union Gallery. Right. And when I had a conversation with Morgan and Abby, who is currently um, leading the Union Gallery, about um, things that we can do or upcoming shows that we can do, and they were really um, excited about this idea of radical play. And so during that conversation, I mentioned that, you know, the term or the word gentle disruption has been on my mind for a very long time. Yeah. And it was something that I was looking forward to exploring and they were very open about it. And um, that, you know, that idea really came about, it was because, um, you know, I just recently started my PhD program in uh, screen culture and curatorial. Uh, curatorial studies at Queen's University and so for the first year I relocated um, to Kingston Um, and so I just see a lot of frictions Um, I also see a lot of um, you know there's a definite shift a visible shift in terms of demographic in Kingston we try to bring together a group of artists we have seven artists um, that's uh, Michelle Bunton, uh, Guy Chung, Frank Dessa, Zachary Georges Gagné, Aaron Kennedy, Lisa Rich, Harley Sarfield, 
along with the main exhibition, which is the um, Gentle Disruptions, three other artists are also uh, sharing that space. Um, so I'll, I'll have a chance to talk about um, those works later. But um, even in the show, uh, the Gentle Disruption show, what we try to show is like, you know, the different perspective of what it means to be gentle and to disrupt. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the artist's approach, practice, and the art piece, they contradict each other. Um, sometimes they, they, they amplify each other. Um, and I think it's so um, enriching um, to bring in, you know, those artists. But then along with that, we're also bringing in community groups. Well, I think uh, I also want to mention that in this particular exhibition, we also have local artists. Yeah. So we try to, um, because we, we, I think that it's enriching, you know, experience for uh, student, alumni, um, and practicing artists to come together and work together for sure um, because they have so much you know there's so much to share with one another um, I think um, when I first uh, was brought on to Union Gallery I was told that um, like Union Gallery itself has a mandate which is to serve uh, the student body at, um, at at Queen's University right um, but in a sense, it's also situated on this land and it has to interact with other communities around it, right? Absolutely. So I think that sometimes when we look at a workspace and we look at especially art workspace and exhibition space, um, you know, you can get tunnel vision in terms of the work that you need to do and you kind of forget about all the things that are taking care of you and that you also have a responsibility to take care of. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're also trying to reach out, um, to other communities, uh, where, you know, we're reaching out to, um, like what we talked about was that for this particular exhibition, we also brought the sight line down lower because okay. we want it to be friendly to a younger audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, we also have a day where the Kingston, uh, the Kingston Senior uh, Region is going to come and do a, um, you know, a yoga session oh, that's in the really space. Cool. And, yeah. And so they can use the space however they see fit. Um, so like we're trying to interact with the uh, community more. And, you know, it's not really not just a space for students. It's a space for other artists. It's a space for community discussion. It's a space for bringing conflicts in and not necessarily, we don't have to even address it, but it can live there, right? Yeah. Until we can address it. Um, but we want to be open to all of these ideas. And last but certainly not least, I'd love to take it back to one of our very first guests on and last, but cert and last but certainly not least, I'd love to take it back to one of our very first guests on the very first episode of this season that aired back in May. This was ahead of 2023's Spring Reverb Festival. We were very lucky to have bassist of the Tragically Hip and solo performer Gord Sinclair here on the show. Here he is with his insights on the Kingston, Canadian, and live music scenes. So I, I made, uh, you know, I had a 
wonderful long career uh, with the Tragically Hip, you know, playing bass with the guys and writing with the guys. And um, obviously, I got the opportunity to to work with someone, uh, my friend Gord, who I consider to be one of the best lyricists and, and singers, but particularly one of the best performers uh, that I'd ever seen. Um, and fast forward, uh, I find myself appreciating his talents even more that I'm the one standing at the microphone. Um, I, I was always in awe of, of what he would do over the course of, of the show. But when you're when you're faced with the uh, the reality that it's you that has to stand up and not only sing the songs but actually speak to the people and entertain them in between, it, it made me just value and, and respect and admire Gord that much more. Um, they're they're really big shoes to fill, and I wouldn't even pretend to be trying to fill them. Um, but it made me that much more grateful for the time that I they, that I got to, to work with him just buy it I'm, I'm a big believer like I was saying I'm a big believer in live performance I really think that's the secret weapon that we have in this country and um, I was concerned uh, legitimately concerned during the pandemic um, not only as a music fan and not being able to go out and see uh, groups play but I was really concerned with the fact that whether or not the venues are actually going to be there uh, when when we are able to get back and, and, and go out and see shows again so to, to have a festival like Spring Fever going on with the vast amount of artists and all different genres of music and having people come out again to see shows is really really encouraging um, in, in, in my experience um, Canada is a really great incubator for for musicians and songwriters. It's a very, very difficult um, country to tour. Uh, the, you know, the distance between gigs is such that you really cannot have a, a day job. Um, and so you have to commit to music full-time. And that, and that reality, the, the obstacle of the country, the vastness of the country, is actually our biggest advantage because it forces you to take the show on the road and you learn... You learn how to play in an empty room on a Tuesday night, and you know, and you learn how to make a Tuesday night like a Saturday night with the way you perform and the way you interact with the crowd. And I think, you know, if you look uh, at the number of artists that Canada produces, we there's a reason why we punch above our weight in terms of the number of great performing artists, musicians, songwriters that we do. I, I would include comedians in, in that regard as well, because that's an equally uh, difficult way to make a living. When you either get really good at it and you fall in love with it or you, or you stop. And likewise, if you look at international crews, uh, the people that are in the support side of the music business, uh, the stage techs, um, uh, recording engineers, sort of house engineers, lighting people. All those crews are generally populated by a lot of Canadians because we learn how to do it in this country. And it is a real advantage of ours. And it really starts at the small local club level. That's where local music begins. And that's when people start to dream big and, and think about the opportunity to take the show on the road and, and, and making a career of it. Like when we started it, we were at Queen's Jesus University in 1985. We harbored a dream in the back of our head and aspirations to be professional musicians, but we didn't set necessarily set out to do that. We sort of set out to 
play one week and then play the next week and then play a couple times a week. And that's how we built our career. Um, and it, it sounds old-fashioned, but in so many ways, that's the best way to do it. You know, you think about the near term. You try to make every show the best show, um, regardless of the day of the week, regardless of how many people are in the audience. And if you stick to that commitment, learn how to respect your bandmates and your traveling companions, you know, you, you can achieve whatever you set out to achieve. That will do it for us this weekend this summer here on the Kingston Curator, but don't forget that you can check out this and all past episodes on our CFRC podcast feed. But just because the summer's over doesn't mean the local arts and culture news stops turning. Keep tuning into programs like Today in YGK, Mondays and Wednesdays at 5pm on CFRC for more of your arts and local scoop. And consider doing what you can to support local artists year-round. Thank you so much for having me with you on the program this summer, and I'll see you around. That was the Kingston Curator, and this is Lauren Tucker, signing off on 101.9 FM CFRC. Have a fantastic weekend and an even better school year.